little Monday. We're going to bring some Manic Mondays to you. This one here, a little combo of college football and golf. Golf nerds minus the guru. Come on in. Like we said, not a major week, so kind of talk about a, what was a, an extremely uh, fun week to watch there in Memphis at the TBC Southwinds course, and then Greensboro coming, FedEx Cup, so a lot of golf to talk. But we also get into college football, some over-under win totals there for, for the Gamecocks, the Mountaineers, and the Herd also with the Cat Daddy and Jordan. So you guys know what to do. If it's in the morning, grab the coffee, Phil style. If it's in the evening, grab the drink. Come on back because we're going to talk all things college football and golf here on the porch. Let's go. The first to hear first and kind of talk a little golf uh, about this weekend, fellas. Uh, John, your boy Abraham Answer finally uh, got him a pro pro win. It was uh, pretty entertaining there in the playoffs, man. Yes. Yeah, so full disclosure, I did not watch any of that tournament. Um, <laughs> yeah. We kind of love the full disclosure. Hey, I appreciate the honesty. Yeah. So I am not speaking from recent experience here. Um, but, I mean, not surprised Abraham answered one. He's been really good for, honestly, a while. I guess he's still a new guy on tour, but it seems like for a couple of years now you've heard his name and he's been in contention a bunch. So, uh, you know, again, not a shock that he won. It wasn't – whenever we were doing one of these podcasts before, like either the PGA or U.S. Open or one of those, was he the one that had the stat about he had the straightest ball flight of anybody on tour? Like, yes, in the lowest no ball fed- flight, I believe, too. Yeah, yeah, right. It was like – Below the tree line and like dead straight, he's just out there hitting little piss missiles all day. Um, well, and you know it's funny because you talk about him doing that. I mean, part of the reason why he wins and gets into that playoff is because of some guys hitting some trees and getting into trouble there at Southwind all weekend there in Memphis. You know, Bryson had some some outrageous results on some good shots. Harris English kind of fell apart. You saw Cam Smith on eighteen uh, go way way right, and then kind of decides to hit a miracle shot and then clips a tree and goes OB and loses his chance at the playoffs. So it was, uh, you know, went, went from being potentially a four or five person playoff to three and uh, they played it twice and Abraham answered through a dart in there on 18 and hole in the second playoff hole and made the putt, whereas Sam Burns threw the dart and missed the putt. It was crazy to see, Jar. I don't know if you got to see the highlight on that yet or not, but, I mean, Sam Burns was inside of answer, both with inside of probably four feet, and you're thinking, all right, we're going to, get a you know third playoff here third playoff hole and uh sam burns missed it and it was like you could almost see the pain on it like the pain in the face like as he's trying to like muster it up to, to shake answer's hand you know for a good round and congratulate him difficult to see the old former uh bayou bingle uh sam burns kind of go down that way bright future ahead of him but whew, that was a tough one that's that's one that me and you would have made jar yeah, how, how long was the putt that he missed Man, it wasn't any more than four feet. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was one that you might even give each other saying good, good and move on. Yeah. Type That's of situation. Um, uh, but, hey, you know, you, ball you and do, hole, you know what I mean? It's, uh, you do, like, that That sucks for Sam Burns. And, like, you never want to see somebody go out like that, especially, you know, have a tournament decided that way. But as the average weekend warrior golfer, you love seeing guys miss the short ones just because, I mean, I can't tell you how many. Hey, my friends that I play with regularly no longer give me 
little short putts Cut. because I probably miss more than than I make of them. I mean, you're I, almost infamous I, for that jar, which is, I mean, you're infamous for hitting the ball, you know, 300, damn near close. But they they don't give you many putts either. It's unfortunate. No, I feel like no, they, 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 they don't. It's like you're a better putter than you're giving credit for, buddy. I don't know, man. This little three footer, let's <laughs> start making the knees shake awfully quick. Um, yeah, in fact, I, I swear I'm like so much better off, and this isn't true. Like, I'm sure if you actually line 10, 10 to 12 feet off, compared to three to five. Well, no, 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 no definitely not. Um, but <laughs> I, just if, if you do have that three to five footer, I bet if I just walk up and smack it standing on one foot versus getting behind it, reading it, lining it up, it's probably about equal. Um, I mean, I really think whenever I look at those short putts, it's just they'll, you know, paralysis by analysis, and I'm second-guessing everything. And, you know, uh, well, it breaks a little bit, but it's such a short putt, you can just hit it firm and through the break, and then I hit it firm and with break and leave it on the pro side. Or, okay, well, if you're going to play it soft, you got to, you know, play it a ball and a half outside the hole, and then I'll play it soft and hit it right at the hole. And it's just like, what the hell are you doing? Like, just walk up and smack it. I mean (laughs) – yeah, and then especially the moment you're like wondering if it's good, and your buddy's like, "No, go, go ahead and put that one out." Oh, shit, now I got. And you're like, nice "Oh shit, shit, here we go," because you're hoping that yeah, they're yeah. gonna say good, and then yeah, you're just waiting. Like, hey, I gave you that one back on eight. Remember? Like, come on, help a brother. <laughs> <laughs> come on now, and turnabout's fair play, and then it always seems to catch up on the other end of it too. Um, but I mean, ter- I mean, it was a tough, tough way to see Sam Burns go out. I mean, he went out there and was the clubhouse leader for better part of an hour and a half. Um, you know. And it didn't seem like there was going to be much chance of him getting into that playoff or Hideki for that matter. And then the rest of the field just continually kept coming back to him. I mean, the final group, you know, was a plus eight combined score on the back nine. Uh, Bryson and Harris English both plus four. Um, just so not something you what, see. what happened with Bryson? Because I know he didn't play in the Olympics because he tested positive for COVID, right? So how, how was he even yeah. eligible to play this past week? I figured he'd be out for. Two, three I weeks, think, whatever. think he passed the testing. I think he passed the protocols. I think, honestly, too, part of that was this, the the strictness that the Japanese government had um, allowing people that – I think you had to be COVID-free like a month or something to be able to go in and, and play in the Olympics. Um, okay. Whereas – They just had more strict rules yeah, to get in. Yeah, more stringent results in the PGA. I mean, hell, the PGA Tour isn't even really testing hardly anymore. Um you know, as compared to unless you're you know, John Rahm with government. a six-shot six lead at Memorial, <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, I think that was literally like what I think they stopped doing it like two weeks later, um, because so much of the tour is vaccinated now that they don't even they don't even do that. It's uh, Bryson's not an too deep into COVID, but are <laughs> you gonna say that, Jar? I said, "Oh, Bryson's an anti-vaxer." Yeah. Well, you know, he, he uh, I, I read the quote he said something about, I'd rather give it to people who need it. Um, I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, that may uh, have been the case back in, which I, I don't have a stance on getting vaccinated or not vaccinated. I'm just giving Bryson DeChambeau a hard time. Oh, um, shit. I'm with you, though. I mean, it's like now it's available. Like, it's not like that's it's the thing. at the start. They're, they're literally yeah. throwing more of them away that, you know, they're just going bad sitting in a fridge right now. If this was back in, you know, March, okay. Yeah, March, Let's April, I could see it. it. Bryson, yeah. buddy, your, your your excuse is just a little dated. Just yeah, I don't know, come up with yeah. something new. <laughs> you need you need something new, Bryson. Uh, yeah, whatever yeah. it may be, it's keeping you from representing the old stars and bars 
uh, in the Olympics, and you know, t- I'm tough, tough go, but for him yesterday for sure. Uh, he should have just because he looked great said on the Saturday. Though. His driver sucks. Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, he he might. I mean, that seems to be pretty seems to be pretty fair on on old Bryson right now. He, you know, I, and I'll say this, Jarv, kind of as we continue to kind of talk on Bryson here a little bit. Um, man, you know, he is one guy. Would you say he is the biggest lightning rod now in the game? Do you think he's overtaken like a guy like Brooks to some extent? Because I think there's Brooks has got some positive mojo from that minority, whereas Bryson seems seemingly gets it from all angles from everybody. The guys who love the game, the guys who don't like him. I feel like he's got to be the lightning rod of the game right now. I do think, I guess as far as just somebody who everyone probably has an opinion on, it's obviously everyone doesn't have the same opinion, but whether it's it's so cool how how far he hits the ball or it's so cool how he's bulked up and he's doing this or it's ridiculous, he's stupid for doing that or it you love all the science into it or it's stupid that he's looking at all the physics and science into it. I mean, it does seem like everyone has an opinion. Um I love the beef with with he and Brooks. I, I'll be honest; I've kind of made a, a U-turn on their beef. Like initially, I, I guess initially I was probably Team Bryson, um, right? And I still think Brooks is a douche. That said, I think Brooks has done a much better job of being a troll and just of being funny and using like social oh, media and, and just leaning into the fact that he's a douche, like. It's like Ian when, when Ian Poulter was like a pompous asshole. It's like, okay, I hate that guy. He's a pompous asshole. When you see Ian Poulter realizes he's a pompous asshole and lean into it. And you're like, you know what? Out, I kind of like, like him being this way. Okay. Yeah. Well, you're a, you're a pompous asshole, but you're also self-aware and you're kind of making it fun now. That's kind of how Brooks is doing with this. Like, he's like, yeah, I'm a douchebag, but like, isn't it fun? And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm, yeah, but I'm, but I'm your douchebag, America. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm, I'm a yeah. big meathead, of course, but like. I don't know. Aren't I fun to follow on Twitter? It's like, yeah, you kind of are. I, I kind of saw this. Um, someone made this this point. I, it, it kind of it made me laugh thinking about it. The Another matchup coming here soon. Although, you know, Jarvis, I, I want to get into the match with you a little bit, man, because I didn't get to watch as much of it, and we haven't got to talk about it as much, and I want to get to it here in a minute. But you see they were talking about how Bryson could really endear himself and kind of almost win this feud. If he went out there in the, the Brooks playing lefty, versus Dave Portnoy match. And just was a part of it some small way. Like, he would gain so much kind of just street cred, you know, and kind of a fuck you moment to Brooks if he just showed up at this, at this yeah, thing. He should be on the bag for Portnoy. Like, he should. Wouldn't that just be great if he was his caddy? Absolutely. Don't, even announce it, don't even announce it ahead of time. Just day of, show up on the bag. You know? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you got if you have Big Cat caddy in for Brooks, and then you got Bryson caddy in for Portnoy. I think that would be that's TV gold or streaming gold, however you want to look at it. Yeah, can y'all hear me now? Yes. We can hear you. Right? He's back. <laughs> but yeah, no, that that's where Brooks does better than Bryson with this feud is that Brooks leans into social media more. He leans into the you know the PMT crowd and the barstool guys and like you know all these new younger golf followers. Brooks is doing a good job kind of marketing himself to those. I mean, giving away He's more aware. to everyone that yelled, let's go, Brooksy. Genius. Yeah. Like, and, and whoever at Michelob decided that they should do that, genius. Uh, yeah. I mean, He's yeah. just simply more aware. He just simply has a better understanding of all that. Maybe that's just being 
who knows? You know, you, you hear things about Bryson. Um, and then, you know, you had the comment I saw this weekend about Molinari um, kind of chirping him about not always yelling four when he hits the ball into a crowd. Um, I don't know if you guys saw that tweet or not, but, like, there's Bryson, you kind of wonder sometimes about him. Um, so Molinari was, was ticked worry that about Bryson it. doesn't yell four whenever he hits one over into a crowd of people. That was, that was the tweet, yeah, Molinari. Uh, it was and, then, and Bryson, in that situation, he needs to like quote tweet that and respond back with like you know the gif of of Adam Sandler or Happy Gilmore. Like, he shouldn't have been standing there and like just like do something stupid and lean into it. And uh-huh. everyone thinks Molinari's a dick and and Bryson, you're funny. Go ahead and hit the ball into the fans. Like you know, just I don't know because you hit it because you hit it longer than anybody. Like just be aware, be aware when he's hitting. No, he's gonna hit it. You know. Yeah, or, or again, yeah, lean into that. Like, you know, well, no worries, Molinari. You don't have to worry about that because there's not too many fans sitting back at 260, you know? like, Or how many know. fans I, are following you, period, Molinari? It, bingo, you know, just – I don't know. He, he, he could go at it better. I feel like the feud, like, from Brooks's eyes oh, – I, I don't know. When, when Bryson walked past him with the metal cleats on, Brooks looked visibly pissed off just by his presence. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, but I feel like Bryson, the feud is more about golf. And at this point, Brooks, it's more about just hype and everything else, and, and tra- yeah, funny and stuff. Now, um, I think that's a really good point on there on that jar because with Brooks, he, he's kind of accomplished things, right? He has four majors where Bryson only has the one. And, uh, there's just there seems to be Brooks is probably a little more confident in himself and has that little bit of. I guess the mental game's in a stronger place than Bryson is. Maybe, and that's kind of where I, you kind of get that that rivalry. Bryson's building it up that I've got to get to Brooks's level. And Brooks is kind of there and just entertains Bryson because, well, he's, it's fun to poke in front of Bryson, right? So yeah. I think that's kind of where that comes from, Jarvis. I think that's a great point. I'm sorry. That was a shit show. <laughs> hey, what do you think about the shit show uh, – Bryson and Brooks uh, squabble there, Raider. I was hearing about that. Is that the newest stuff now? A uh, little bit, a little bit coming out there. Essentially, uh, Bryson not, not going forward. Not yeah, exactly. Not anything too new. Just a continuation, kind of wrapping it up, putting some bows on it. There, there I are think some Madison, people that are not yelling for is stupid. I mean, honestly, like, <laughs> come on. There's spotters. There's people. You're... You're a crowd at a golf tournament, like someone's teeing off, and you're, you know, just right outside the fairway, and you're not fully aware that, yeah, potentially this ball could come at me. Well, you're an idiot. I mean, I, I don't know if like something specific happened, and that's why Molinari tweeted that, or if he just, you know, was randomly pissed. Like taking a shot at Bryson. That that feels like an obscure thing to get irrationally mad about. Well, they also have the people waving the flags behind, letting them know mm-hmm. where it's going to be. You would think that you'd probably be able to, you know, figure something out. And it's like when not, Patrick not Reed tweeted at the Red Sox that, that they set he and his family down in an area where they could be hit by a foul ball. Like, yeah, dude, no shit. You're at a baseball game. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Sorry that, that the Red Sox gifted you with, with you know, field-level seats down the third base line. You know? Yeah. That's yeah, a yeah, really think... easy ticket to get at Fenway. But, you know, by all means – you should be pissed off that you might get hit by a foul ball. Hey, and you know what, Jar? They're even doing stuff now with the Nets, by the way, buddy. To even make that even less of a possibility. Yeah, they, they extended all the way down the 
Yeah, finally went to a game, you know, in, in, in 20, uh, 2021 when you're allowed to go watch a baseball game again in person. And that net being all the way down the line, like, you noticed it when you walked in, and then you kind of you double take, and then you just started watching, and it didn't really – players throwing it, lobbing it over the net instead of underhand tossing it or person walking it over to a kid. Like, that got me one time because they were throwing after, like, during warm-ups, and you just heard something kind of – fall into the you kind of heard something I'm like what the heck and it was a, a ball it was like oh you know that's the biggest change on that though it's like come on uh Bryson get get it together enough of the it's good we can always got to be ready talk shit about Patrick Reed so who do you dislike more Patrick Reed or Brooks oh Patrick Reed oh Patrick Reed's the one who did it at Fenway yeah yeah they had the, oh well that uh, makes even uh, more this, sense this was this was a <laughs> Probably, probably a couple years ago now. Um, and Might have been some, close when he won the Masters. Well, it was they had – what is it that's up north? The Travelers? That's in Mass, isn't it? Um, Connecticut, yeah. It, yeah, well, no, no, it's, okay. it's Northern so Trust. It might have been during that. Northern Trust, okay. Yeah. Anyways, there was a, a PGA tournament, and they were up there that week, and a bunch of the players went to a Red Sox game. And, you know, I'm sure the Red Sox comped everything and put them all in good spots or whatever. Um Anyways, yeah, um, Patrick Reed was there with his horse-faced wife, and I guess they were in, you know, in play, which, again, you're at a freaking baseball stadium. Like, of course, you're, you're always in play. in play. Exactly. Like, what, what, what do you think? Have you never seen a baseball game before? What do you – but, yeah, he, he tweeted at the Red Sox, like, main Twitter account, um, you know, that it was so careless of them to put his family in danger. It's just like <laughs> – you could not be more of a needle dick if you tried. Talk about putting it into perspective right there. Yeah, oh, what a fucking asshole. Yeah, no, I mean, but yeah, to your point, who, who do you – is there anybody who is less liked on tour than P. Reed? Rory Sabatini. Rory Sabatini? <laughs> oh, man. Zach, we both went there at the same time, Raider. That's great. Hey, almost snuck himself out a uh, gold medal somehow. Yeah, but yeah. more um, Shoffley wasn't going to lose that one. Tried to almost. What, what did he shoot, like a 10 under on the last day or something like that? Some, yeah. I think he shot a 61. It was wild, whatever it was. Imagine the prop bet yeah, pretty that, good. you know, which Rory will medal. Oh, that'd been a good one. Not the one I thought that did. Yeah, no. To go, Rory. Man, you you could have bought a house off that one. The Rory Sabatini. Oh shit! Who? (laughs) Exactly. Right. Yeah, Sabatini for so so for Slovakia somehow. And I would not have known that he was from Slovakia. Oh, he's not. His wife oh. is from Slovakia. So he's he has some dual citizenship or something? He does now. Yeah. That's how he got his way into it. That's kind of Very cool. sneaky. Very sneaky little move by Sabatini. Hey, but he got a silver medal out of it though. So I mean you gotta you gotta give him some props for that. I mean the playoffs are coming, which also means that golf season is also winding down. But this year is kind of nice because you have 
you know, the, the tournament in Greensboro coming up, then the FedEx Cup, then we get a Ryder Cup, which is going to be phenomenal um, after having to wait a year. But during that whole time, y'all kept calling. Sorry. Sorry, it was it's that Whistling Straits, right? Oh, Whistling Straits again, yeah. Yeah, okay. just getting delayed okay. that year. Dude, they've got gear all over the place still. Like, it's, it's like it's already happened. It's kind of like this was. They just they couldn't take away the logo, but they're just like, oh, exactly. we're still living in 2020. And we all kind of still are. How cool would it be as a Packers fan? And Packers are away that week. Um that looked, but if they happened to be home and you had Ryder Cup in Kohler and then, you know, you went to, I don't know, a Friday, Saturday at the Ryder Cup and then drove, you know, an hour north up to Green Bay and then saw a game at Lambeau on Sunday. Talk about a freaking sports week. Yes. That that's a, awesome. that's a dream. Yeah. I said, sadly, Packers are away that week. It probably could, mm. you know, the, the, State of Wisconsin just can't handle that many people. I don't know. They can't handle that. It's too much. They're like, yeah, we can't, we can't give, we can't, have, we don't have that many hotel rooms in the state, y'all. We gotta. Yeah, no way. Um, can't give that business. I, I tell you though, <laughs> that would be an awesome trip, even you know when the Ryder Cup's not there, but to you know fly into Chicago or Milwaukee or something, then drive up north and play. You know the Whistling Straits course is there in Kohler. I mean, you drive right past the Kohler exit to get to Green Bay. Um, anyway, it's, oh, you know, yeah. spend a couple of days playing golf there, then drive up, catch a game on Sunday, and then you know come home the next Monday or something like that. It's that would be a cool little trip. Jarv, throw a little icing on the cake. Catch a day game Friday at Wrigley, two twenty. Oh, there we go. Right? Yeah, you you would have to find like there'd have to be a sweet spot because. You know, obviously, Wisconsin doesn't have a very long fall golf season before it turns into you know, <laughs> snow again. Um, but, yeah, there'd have to be a sweet spot where it's like an early season NFL game, late season baseball, and still good weather for golf in the middle. And if you yeah. could – it'd probably be somewhere about this time of year coming up. I mean, September would be yeah. the only month when all, all of that would line up. But, yeah, that would be that would be cool. That would be that would be the trip of trips right there. If you could if you could pull that off, um, do Wrigley yeah, with the straight, and then somehow pull it around and also get Lambo destinations yeah. right there. Yeah, and you'd have to be selective to get you know your your games and everything to line up. But I mean, if you could pull that trip off, at Again, as a, a Packers fan, if it was Cubs versus Reds for, you know, a Friday day game or a, a Thursday businessman <laughs> special, something like that, and then okay, I like that. golf, yeah, then, yeah, give me give me Cubs-Reds Thursday, let me golf Friday, Saturday, then give me the Packers, hell, make it Packers-Bears, just making an ideal week. Uh, oh, yeah, Packers, the dream of dreams. On Sunday, and uh, – yeah, and while we're just fantasizing, I want it to be like 70 and sunny on Friday and Saturday while we're playing golf, and then I want it to somehow become the frozen tundra and give me a freaking blizzard on Sunday. Um, again, I don't think that that is possible, but, you know. Hey, I think the best are getting flurries there, Jar, at Lambeau. 
Yeah, you know, maybe, but we can we can hope with arrangements and <laughs> modern dream. technology. Why can't I? I have that. Hey, maybe it's like fifty-five know. degrees then. A little chilly, but you throw a long sleeve on, good to go. Then you might get your snowy Lambo. Sure. Yeah, I wonder. Sure. When, you get like when, a fifty-five-ish. I wonder when, like, Whistling Straits just, like, shuts down for the year. I mean, maybe they're open year-round. It's just weather-dependent, but I can't imagine. I mean, like, it, nah. it snows, snows up there. Dude, talk about the wind being a big factor for the Ryder Cup. Like, if it's swirling wind and it's not the same way each day, that's going to be interesting. It is kind of a bummer that it's in Wisconsin just because, like, I don't know, the people are, like, so friendly. When it's in New York, you know, there's a good chance as – Rude and obnoxious. Yeah, I mean, as Poulter's teeing off, he's getting a fuck you in his backswing. Whereas, you know, uh, uh, up there, they're like, you know, oh, great shot there, Poulter. Oh, it's all right, boys. You're trying real hard there. <laughs> hey, that's a pretty good accent there, Kat. I got to give it to you. It's pretty it's, good. Uh, it, it goes from, like, you know, northerner to Canadian really quick. Real quick. Hey, that line can get blurred for people down here in the south, though. You know? Exactly. <laughs> so they probably think so, we all sound like a whole bunch of hicks. That's all right. Yeah, y'all, were, y'all were talking about the Olympics. Wow. I got in and got back out again. So the Olympics are going to L.A. 2028. Where do you think they would host the golf? Which course? Ooh, that's a good Ooh, question. That's a really good question. Because the Olympics is going to be between Canada the U.S., and then Mexico City, I believe. Hmm. I would assume it's going to be in the U.S. just because there's so much more of them. Right. But where at? Uh, so, the golf portion of the 2028 will be held at Riviera Country Club. Nice. Wow. Morikawa, the win gold already. Yeah. You know who yeah. always plays good there, and he probably won't be one of the top Americans, so he won't have a shot at the Olympics. But Bubba Watson, yes. just, you, he won't do anything. You won't hear his name ever. Then he'll randomly go out and win win at Riviera a couple weeks before the Masters and be like, oh, is he going to you know, do the Masters again? And he, he won't. But um, kill I think he did. I think there was a thing where the either the first year or the second year he won the Masters, he won Riviera right before. Um but he always plays good at Riviera after being non-existent for years leading up to that. Isn't Riviera like a shot maker's course? Like you maneuver the ball, like you shape shots. Um, That's why he's so good at Augusta. Or I mean, he hasn't been in the last few years, but he has two green jackets. He just hits those, sees those different shots. And if he does yeah, that at Riviera... He can- he can work the ball right to left. I mean, Augusta, just the way it shapes it. If you can be a lefty that plays a cut, it works well for you. Um, yeah. Example Phil too. Yeah. Hey, freaking Mike Weir. I mean, there's a name <laughs> very few people know, but. And it's still time, Jar. It's still time. <laughs> I mean, I like it at Riviera. I was just thinking somewhere Somewhere different, somewhere where like it would challenge him a little bit. I'm not saying Riviera is not challenging because they struggle, but they'll probably make it a little bit harder for that too. At least they'll attempt, not a bad. I wish they'd set it up like a freaking U.S. Open. I exactly. Mean, the, sco- the scores at the Olympic Ridiculous. course in, in Tokyo this year, like 
but both the women's and the men's were so low. I mean, yeah. they had the typhoon before, though, so it made it real soft. That's, That's true. true. That's but it true. was it was gonna be it was gonna score anyway before that. I mean, there's no question. Yeah, I, I agree, Blaine. I, I think it was just you know a shorter course without a lot of teeth. Um, well, I mean. I mean, Seth Strasser came out there the first day before it got really, really bad, and they had to cancel play a couple of times, and I think he shot an 800. I mean, it was, yeah, it, it was, like you said, Jarvis, it was, they, they were they were allowing them to go take aim at some stuff. I mean, when you can drive a par four, and it's on the, like, literally the, the hole before the home hole, uh, and you're trying to get a male contention, yeah, they were, they set that up to be kind of a yeah. fun yeah. Fun deal for sure. Not yet. I love, style. I love, love, love a drivable par four down the stretch. If it's a risk reward, I mean, if it's a straightforward, just easy hole with not a lot of damage, okay, well, they're all going to do at it. But a, a short risk reward par four on like 17, I love that. It, the uh, waste management, um, you have 16, the you know, big stadium par three hole, obviously, and then 17 is a short par four that's reachable, but it's got water. Um, you know, I don't know, just you can win or lose a tournament right there, or, or you can play it safe and try not to lose the tournament, but someone can still come out and, and win it if they can drive the green and, you know, make an eagle or something. I don't know. It just, it, it gives you something to think. It tempts these guys a little bit. I love a short drivable, drivable par four down the stretch. Um, but you really, you, you really only get the, full benefit of that when there's been a whole bunch of hard holes and tough pars leading up to that. Um, yeah. If every hole is a birdie hole, well, then that's just another hole, you know? Exactly. Um, and I think that's how it was at Nagasaki, honestly. Every hole was a potential birdie like hole, hole and then, then they threw that out Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, you need a, a whole bunch of really tough golf holes where par is a great score. And then towards the end when people are trying to make a move, give them a chance to make a two or a six, you know? Um, hey, two or six is a big swing. That'll Exactly. Yeah. And Darby, you, you just talked about speaking of making a move. I want to I make a move and transition over here real quick. We teased them with this in the top. Uh, let's talk a little college football here real quick. We all like it, you know. We're golf nerds, but during those fall trips in the, the fall, you know, you go back, there's college football on and some pro football. So – you're ready for it. I think we lost Raider. Um, but, but man, like, what are your thoughts on kind of what we've seen here with the conference realignment? Man? It's been pretty wild. Yeah, it's, it's you know, kind of wild to talk about. I feel like it's, I don't know, just one more thing where, where all the conferences are trying to make as much money as they can. I don't blame them. They're trying to get as many, you know, cable TV bids, as many – I don't know. Hey, why wouldn't you want to make your conference as big as possible and get these big, big name schools in there and whatnot? I mean, I, from a conference perspective, I get it. And then if you're one of the teams trying to make a move, okay, I get that too. You think that's going to be good for you? I mean, is Texas going to be more competitive in the SEC than they are in the Big 12? That's my question. I highly doubt it. Yeah. I highly doubt it, you know. Um, but I don't know. From Texas' perspective – if you're a two-loss team in the Big 12 or a three-loss team in the SEC, you're probably weighted relatively equally in the eyes of the voters at the end of the year. Um, you know, in Texas, whether they're in the Big 12 or the SEC, they're still going to be good for 
the one big win that you don't expect them to win, and everyone Texas back, Texas is back, and then they're also the one bad loss for for a really bad loss to a team that you'd never heard of, and like I don't know, that's just kind of where they've been. Um, yeah, you know, so, I agree with that, Jar. You know, the thing I find interesting because, and I want to get your perspective on this, especially being a South Carolina fan. The, the rumors about, you know, if they move to 20 and they add Clemson. Now, South Carolina supposedly by the bylaws of the, con- the conference can vote that down. Um, I kind of don't want to see Clemson in the SEC. I think that would just be too much. You need to have something different. Like, we can't have everybody in the same league. Um, kind of want to get your thoughts on that, Jarf. I think the – well, yeah, I, I mean – I hope that doesn't happen. Um, if it does, I mean, the Clemson-South Carolina rivalry will still be just as strong as ever. They'll still hate each other. I mean, the conference doesn't Very change true. that. Um, Very true. I think it, my initial thought was the SEC wouldn't want to do that because, you know, it's going to potentially knock out another one of their teams. But then again, it could also probably guarantee that they're going to have another team in. I mean, every year – at least for the foreseeable future, it would probably be Alabama and Clemson, you know, playing for the SEC title game. Um, and the playoffs going to move up to eight or twelve, so then it kind of adds more teams into it anyway. Like for them to get in, yeah. I just, I hope not. And Jarv, I'll tell you this real quick: I took a bet on South Carolina over four wins on the season. So over four, over four. I like that. Yeah, right. I mean, the SEC East is pretty. It's not like it's a juggernaut of a league. Um, yeah, you got a new coach, but I mean, you still get to play Vanderbilt. Who's the coach now? Mr. Beamer. So I'm pulling up their schedule now to oh, see which right. one we should have. Um, you got East Illinois. That's a win. All right, yeah, so East Illinois, you got to win. I mean, granted, it's the first game of the season, and maybe you're still working out some kinks, but I mean, Eastern Illinois, come on. You can beat the Sisters of the Poor. Um, yes. East Carolina, that game will probably be close, them. but they should win that game. Feel good uh, about that. Yeah. Give them two. They should. Um, yeah. Georgia's a big ass. South Car- uh, Kentucky, is Kentucky going to be any good this year? I mean, they're kind of a weird team usually. Um, it's a toss-up um, game, right? Like, you're going to you're gonna take a big L to Georgia, and then you've got yeah, Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah, and you don't know how bad South Carolina is going to be either. They could be awful. But, I mean, I would think, okay, Kentucky can't be that much better. Um, Troy. You still have quarterback issues. I mean, come on, Troy, you got to be able to. You better win that. I would think. Um, yeah. Tennessee, I don't know. Vanderbilt, you should. A&M, who knows. Florida, Missouri, Auburn, Clemson. Okay, so the end of the year gets a little bit tougher. But, I mean. I like that the, bet too. Troy, Eastern yeah. Illinois, East Carolina, those three you feel like have to happen. And then Kentucky, Tennessee, Missouri, maybe one of those happens. Yeah. Um, I kind of feel like five's the five yeah, or six. I, I think, sneak into I a think bowl. that's a good bet. Yeah. I was wondering that one by you because I'm like, you know, yeah, they were two and eight last year. Yeah, you got a new coach, but anything's got to do better than must chance. Yeah, that's for sure. Good. He just wasn't a good pick. What'd you put on that to win, Blaine? Uh, I put it was a one minus one forty, um, and I threw down a hundo. 
It's basically win what one twenty ish. Yeah, no, I win a hundred, and I had to bet one forty-five. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I wish there was feel pretty good about that bet. I wish there was some better juice on it, but yeah, I feel good about that bet. Yeah. All right, what hey, you know what? Well, like? Yeah, while well, we're at it, I've got West Virginia uh, over six and a half. That line has actually moved up to seven. I like that six and a half. What about you, Cat? Someone who's not as biased as we are. I mean. Uh, is West Virginia going to be good? Yeah, Blaine, go through the schedule real quick. Uh, I mean, West Virginia could be – they have a chance to be very good on offense. Um, Their defense is going to be good, just depending on more on the corner side. Yeah, I've got the schedule right, right so, here, Ray. Yeah, so you got Maryland week one. I feel, like I feel good about it. I feel you good about it. Um, you, you know, West Virginia usually likes to open up with, like, Bill and Mary or, or some – crap school like that. So, I mean, Maryland's a big opponent for them week one. Um, oh, here it is. LIU. There's their Bill and Mary. Uh, oh, yeah. You got to have one of those at one point in time in September, Jarvis. Just a matter yeah, of when. I, I, I don't mind having the beat-up game to get things ready. I just, you know, they should have done it the first game. Um, <laughs> right. Alabama always has the college park. Yeah, it is. Uh-huh. I, don't, I don't have a problem with it. I mean, the school that just shows up to get an ass kicking, they get a big check for it, so it's it's yep. good enough for them. Um, it's good for both. Yeah, I mean, you've got I, Virginia yeah, Tech in week it. three. I think we win. I do too, Raider. There's three now. Oklahoma. Oklahoma is a loss. Yeah. Uh, Texas Tech. I like that this year. Win four and one. Yeah. All right, Baylor. I think win five and one. TCU. Win. I think win as well. Six and one. Are y'all just gonna say that for all of these? <laughs> no, definitely not. Definitely not. Iowa State. Uh, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say it might be a loss. I really like that game for us. Halloween weekend. But Brock spot. Purdy is amazing. He is amazing. I think that's a spot where the the climb could fully be like, yeah, we're. Neil Brown's got it bad situation. You know, Neil Brown does need to have a good season this year. I mean, it, he could play the new card kind of up until this and a lot of things switching out and, like, you know, I don't know. You got an excuse it's, whenever it's you're – fair, Jarvis. Getting, I mean, getting your he's 11 and 11. In. Yeah, and he's still, he's still getting his guys in. He's still playing with yep. old recruits. I mean, it, it's not fully his look yet, you know, but getting closer. You're at the point now where people are gonna be like, "All right, dude, start winning." And I think he's a good coach. I, I really do. I think he's he's absolutely a really good coach. Um, and I think he will win. And he's an awesome recruiter. Um, I think he was honestly a great hire. Um, I think but, Marshall might well, have done the same thing just now, though. Potentially, dude. He the Marshall's had the game experience. Marshall's coach is bringing in some studs right now for you guys. Both, you know, both you know, schools are recruiting extremely well right now. Well, that's good. Marshall, to be in their conference, I mean, any year that they don't just run the table and run away with the conference championship feels like a letdown just because that conference ah, just sucks. Yeah, I mean, Jarvis, I mean, they I, are the favorite preseason plus 200 yeah, to win that conference. UAB plus 225 in second. 
I don't know. Marshall, they should be the favorite, and there should never be a doubt. Um, the thing that's going to hurt Marshall is when this coach does well the first two years, he's going to leave for another job. And then where's Marshall going to be after when he's gone? Eh, hopefully they can just get another one. I, I mean. Yeah, you just got to keep – you got to find the right total fit at that point in time eventually. But you know yeah, what? I mean, you take the success at that point in time. That's the thing. Ideally, you do have a guy who comes in and and gets picked by a bigger school because that means that he's done really good and turns it around. You know, when you have a guy who's been there for ten years and nobody wants him, there's probably a reason. I mean, if Doc Holliday would have ran the table every year and won five conference champ- championships in a row, he would have been handpicked to go to a bigger school. You sit there and are subpar and just not aggressive and. I don't know. That I just didn't think he was a great guy. He was a good recruiter. It was cool that he was local. Um, I don't know. Maybe the players liked him. Maybe they didn't. I have no idea. Had it's a couple fun. really good teams, but he he did. Um, it got stagnant at times. It got stagnant. Yeah, I mean it. I don't it got know. stagnant in eight stagnant. games. Which, like, if you're Marshall, do you get mad about that? I don't know. But you I, want to strive to always be better. You do get mad about that. I mean. Yeah, I think so. I feel like you have to win more than eight games. You have to – I'm not going to say go undefeated and, and you know, earn your way into a New Year's Day Bowl because that's probably not realistic. But, I mean, yeah, Marshall's had nationally ranked teams in the past. They've – every bit – look, if you're a really good team in a shit conference and you sit there – You can and make it up easy. Teams, then, yeah, you, you, you creep your way into the, you know – mid-teens and get a big bowl game and it's great for the school and it's great for recruiting. I mean, Marshall's in a position where they can be that no-name school that, you know, you see on game day. when people They were there last year for a while, Jar. For a while, I mean, yeah. After, after beating Appy State, they, they got yep. you know, their name out there a little bit. I mean, I don't know. They should be Speaking that of that game, really. speaking of that game with Appy State this year for Marshall, it is $80 to get into that place. I was shocked by that. Inflation's hit the moon hard this year. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you think about it, though, that's kind of a big game. It's a Thursday night. It's They got beat by us last – you know, Marshall got you know got the dub last year versus App State. That's kind of a – you think about it, that's a huge game. Oh, yeah. I mean – That'd be a fun game. That's not one that Marshall's just going to walk in there and win. The, in the opener with Navy is a tough game. I mean, to face Navy. Then they've yeah, got their sad. William & Mary, which is uh, NC Central. And then you go at, at App State, and then you start conference play. I How mean, are they going to do against Navy? They've got Marshall installed as the favorite. Just first Two and a half year, point favorite on the road. That, I don't like that matchup. I think Marshall loses. Uh, I hope not. Um, I hope not, too, but I'm, I'm nervous for it, I guess. Yeah, How no, is Marshall's defensive line? I mean, from, from what you see, I mean – They've got a couple guys coming back, but I'm pretty sure the defense kind of got picked over a little bit um, because of how good they were last year. Guys, you know, moved on and graduated. I know a couple of the big the big linebackers did for the herd. I know they, I know they, the secondary should be pretty good, which I think in that league helps you. And then they can just blitz to stop the run. The QB from G Dub, are you sold on him? I mean, he had a good first few games last year. He balled out. And then he kind of just, like, uh, hit a plateau. What do you think, Jarv? I mean, I, I think he's I playing think hurt at the end of last year, but I don't know. 
I do think that he's a good QB. I think he's the one going forward. I think he got a little bit rattled last year. Um, you know, he started off the year so hot, then had a bad game, and then I don't think – there was one game where he, like, didn't have hardly – Maybe he didn't have a completion or he had like one completion in the entire first half or something like that. Oh, it was the Conference uh, USA Championship game, Jar. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but the thing that was so frustrating about that is like you could just see that like his confidence was a little bit rattled. And Doc kept going like, you know, inside draw, inside draw, and then just like dropping back from the shotgun and throwing up a prayer deep or like over the middle or something. And it's like, all right, how about something on the flat? How about, I don't know, some little short hooks or slants? Just like, let's get some completions. Let's, let's, get the chains moving a little bit. Let's even if it's not a big gain or you don't get a first down, just like let's let that dude complete a couple passes and then, then we can take the big shot downfield. But I mean, I don't know. That was the biggest knock. I feel like whenever you're watching Marshall play the last little bit is it was just like a really conservative, predictable game plan. And when it's not working, he just would not deviate from that. Um, I'd agree. I would agree. And, you know, you think about how good he was in the first seven games, Jarvin. I think I'm with you as to, as to kind of why you feel like you believe in Wells a little bit. But, man, he was just as bad in the last three, and that does give you some pause for cause. But yeah, I do, I, I, I do agree, though, with you, man. And I think Huff's going to make the offense less predictable. They're going to be up-tempo. you still got some good running backs in Sheldon Evans, you know, Nodge McDaniel. I mean, that, that dude looks like a shit brick house. You got Keaton and Gamage out there. I mean, yeah, Willie Johnson's back, which is a big a big guy for him to have back. Uh, Xavier Gaines still back at tight end. Yeah, you did lose. Um, man, that's escaping me now. Jarv um, was top receiver there for a little bit, but trans- transfer portal um, at the beginning of the season there uh, for the herd, and I, and I can't remember now his um, his his name Thompson, I believe. Um, Brock Thompson, I believe, uh, transferred out. And that was a loss. But, man, you got playmakers everywhere for for Marshall. And so you would think with that schedule, you should still roll on. They have them at eight and a half wins for the season, Jarvis. Are you taking that over or are you do, doing the under? So I'm looking through the schedule here, eight and a half. I feel like Navy's a toss-up, NC Central one, East Carolina probably a toss-up, Happy State toss-up. So, like, I, I don't know. I could see through one, two, three, through the first four games – Marshall could be four and zero, or they could be one and three. Um, after that, you get into conference play, and you know they got to be the favorite in every single one of those games. I mean, Middle Tennessee seems like they always give you a hard time, but like Marshall should win that game. Old Dominion should win. North Texas should win. FIU, Florida Atlantic, UAB, Marshall, or UAB, Charlotte. Of all those, I guess UAB. You said they were like the second favorite behind Marshall mm-hmm. in the conference, so maybe UAB is good. But I mean. Again, you're never going to convince me how great of a football team UAB is. They're just – once they get into conference play, they should win every damn game on there. No, they won't, but they should. Um, they have they have the talent. that Like, Marshall's recruited at a talent level enough and is a big enough program in that league where they should be able to find a way to, to compete every single season. That's compared to be speaking to the teams in that league. For your eight and a half, if they were somehow to go one and three with NC Central being their only win, so they get beat by Navy, beat by ECU, beat by Appy State, I don't think they lose all three of those games. But if they would happen to start the season one and three, they would then have to run the table in conference play and win out to get your eight and a half. Um, 
again, I don't think that they're going to go one and three to start the season. I, you know, either Appy State or East Carolina, if not both, they should win one of those two. I'm with you. Navy's just a huge question mark. I'm actually shocked that you said Marshall's a favorite on the road. Um, I am too. I keep looking at that. But you got to remember, Navy was terrible last year defensively. But I have a feeling like they're going to be better this year because of how bad they were last year, especially in that opener. And then, like, this is a weird game that. with a new coach. Like, you have no idea what to expect in that game. Yeah. An absolute, an absolute toss up. Yeah. Like, and you'll probably walk away from that game with more questions than you have answers. Oh, easily, easily. Unless unless your offense just is humming, which there's a chance, but I don't think you can bank on that either. Yeah, um, uh, at all. Eight and a half again. They should, but I don't love that bet. I'll be honest. I don't either. I, I've kind of that's kind of one that I've looked at and been like, mm, not touching that with a ten foot pole. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. Because then, then essentially you have to be perfect. Right. Oh. Exactly. Yeah, you you got a lot of, have a lot of faith in that, and I don't have a lot of faith at all in that. West Virginia, I like that one. Like, I mean, I, like the best Raider one you said is there. South Carolina with four wins. That That's the best bet you've had yet. <laughs> I honestly, I think, I think South Carolina and, and WVU over six and a half are the two that I'm like really, really like. Like, so far, you know, we'll, we'll keep picking them, taking that away at them. But I uh, saw that the other day, and I'm like, man, South Carolina's going to win more than four games. Like, and they're at least going to win four games. Like, there's no way they're not going to win. They're, not, they're only going to win three games. I just don't see that at all. That would be kind of pitiful if that wasn't the case. But, again, they were too bad. Who knows? <laughs> right, depressing year for you, buddy. It really would be. Oh man, no, uh, Jordan. I mean, I want to want to hit back on you real quick with it. So, what what do you think on WVU before we get out of here, though? Because you, you were you were looking at Iowa State as a loss there, probably. Yeah, I just I still think they're bringing back a good amount of people, and we're still developing ours. So I just think um, the experience on their end. Well, I think they'll just win that win that game. Yeah, I, I think that's more of a. I think the reason why I look that way and think maybe they can win it is a trap game spot for Iowa State potential. Could be. I mean, hopefully they're motivated from the ass kicking they took last year from that. Yeah, that's that's the reason I kind of like that. But then I think like if we were to beat Iowa State, I think we would lose the next week to Oklahoma State at home. So, kind of. Those two games, I think, hope you split them. And then you got Kansas State and Kansas at the end with Texas. I think you can get to eight or nine. And I think we beat Texas. Yeah. Especially year one of Stark. I mean, yeah, they got some good players, but where are they at at that point in time in the season? Like, if Texas, if Texas is good, because if they're good, then I think that game gets real interesting. Um, but a game we could easily beat them, kind of, they're overlooking this type situation, maybe. Or both teams are playing for something in a senior night in Morgantown, kind of like the chances of the Mountaineers there. I mean, Texas hasn't beat us, and Texas hasn't been good in a while either. And if Texas is bad, then I think maybe there could be a little bit of a, well, we're almost done with the season. Let's, man, we got to be up here in this cold and eh, type of situation. And then they come back and play a good game in the final game of the season. Exactly. 
yeah. think I would be more afraid of that game as a WVU fan if Texas is awful. It, because then they're just going to go out with nothing to lose and just want to beat WVU because they just want to beat WVU and all the horns down and all that stuff. So, like, I think if Texas is, is having a good season and they're in a position to, you know, make a good bowl game or something like that, I think WVU actually has a better chance than if Texas is just in a throwaway game pissed off at that point. That's <laughs> true, yes. Yeah, there is some truth to it. I'm hoping the reverse opposite there, Jarv, though, if they're bad. Well, and you know what, though? It makes more sense in, from what you said, though, because it is year one for Sark. So there are guys still competing, still trying to prove themselves, as opposed to maybe being like a Charlie Strong or Tom Herman at their runs there, which is what we've seen a couple times late season. Good point. All right, so no, I'm way, too, way too early to predict, but who is your college football champion this year? Alabama? I, you know, Jeff, I'm going to tell you a team, and I think you'll probably be a little surprised when I tell you. Because I don't think they've – I don't – I mean, they're obviously a great squad, and but they've never had the success like they probably should have on this stage. But that's Oklahoma. I was yeah. just thinking that same thing, Blaine. Yeah, man. I, their defense is actually returning a lot of people. Their defense yep. was actually a little underrated last year, too. Gave up big yeah. games, but that's just Big 12. Yep, yep. And and you've got Radler now, who's he's experienced in this thing. Yeah, and he's really good. And you 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 still have some position players. Now, granted, you lost a good bit, but you're Oklahoma. You kind of reload, and you get guys that transfer in from all these other schools. I mean, you think about a couple of years you go one of Marshall's best receivers transfers over there. You know, Oklahoma is not hurting for talent on that side of the ball with a guy like Radler. They'll get open you know, enough. The thing that would be interesting with Rattler is the speed of different defenses. The speed of the Big 12 defenses isn't going to be as fast as what if you play Georgia or maybe even Clemson or Alabama. So when he plays against elite, elite defenses, it'd be interesting to see how he does. Because last year, he only played against Big 12 defense. Other than maybe Iowa State, no one was really that good. No, and he didn't even face the Big defense either last year. No. no. Yeah, that's a good. That's a really good point, Raider. Um, but you know what? He's going to face a lot of Big Twelve defenses again this year. That's what I'm saying. What's different this year? What big defense is he going to have to face this year that he didn't have to last year? I mean, I that's don't know the schedule. That's the the college the football man. Yeah. <laughs> there isn't one until you get to the playoff. But I mean, I just think it might be their time. Like Lincoln Riley's been—they've been flirting with pro jobs for a while. Maybe he wins a national championship and then leaves in a couple of years for a pro job. He kind of feels he's accomplished it. Rattler's there, I, though. I, I wouldn't count on Georgia. Yeah. George, I, I agree with that, Raider. I think JT Daniels is – once he got the job, he really took it over, and they've been really, really good. I don't – Darv, you said Bam off the start. Is that is that who you think until, until proven otherwise, like they're just going to reload? I mean, obviously they lost the quarterback. They – I don't know who they have. I don't know anything about Alabama other than the fact that Nick Saban's still their coach and Alabama is still going to just be good at football because that's what they're yeah. going to do. You know, Alabama's going to Alabama. Until, until they convince me otherwise. Yeah, I mean, I just think they're the favorite until they're not. And I haven't seen anything to make them not yet. Um, 
again, I have no idea what their team looks like, who is playing what. Like, I have not looked into Alabama football. I've not done any homework on this. Just Alabama gone Alabama, and Nick Saban just signed an extension. So, I mean, uh, you roll with Alabama it. and today, yeah, tell me otherwise. Yeah, it's crazy because, like, when you think about the top teams, like, coming in this year, I mean, Oklahoma's really the only one with a quarterback coming back. Alabama has Mac Jones lost. Ohio mm-hmm. State not returning the quarterback, you know, and, and fields leaving. Clemson, same with Trevor Lawrence. Georgia, you give them Daniels, right? A&M, they've got them highly up there, but they're going to suppose we start a freshman. I mean, Lawrence has gone. Then you go to Notre Dame. Oh, no, Notre Dame's replacing their quarterback. Now, they got a transfer in from, in from Wisconsin. You go down to Iowa State before you got a team that you're like, oh, yeah, that quarterback's elite. We know how good they are, you know? And then, and then Cincinnati, and that kind of rounds out your top ten. So it's like, this is going to be a question mark type season. People could, somebody could really bust on the scene. I mean, we know that Clemson's backup, that Ugula, pretty good. We saw that in the couple games he got to play last year, but still, it's a big question mark. Uh, good start off game for college football this year is Georgia Clemson. Oh, yeah. I mean, great I, game. I think, yep, I think Georgia wins. I think they got a chance to, especially in the dome. I think they definitely have a chance. Yeah, it's kind of a neutral site, but if anything, I don't know. Uh, I mean, you're going to see more. Georgia's going to have a slight advantage in that that building. Yeah. sure. Um, You know, Georgia isn't going to give a shit about the the Delta variant. They'll pack that place. That place place has been sold out as long as it can be sold out. Yep. Oh, yeah. No, that'll be cool. Um and, you know, it's a big game for Clemson, too, though. What did you say there, Darth? Uh, just that I'm so ready for college football to be back. For there to be, <laughs> yeah. You know, packed stadiums again. And, like, just – I know there's still COVID. There's still this Delta stuff going on. But it, it certainly seems as if, at least from a sporting event perspective, it's going to be keep a much more normal year. I mean – the Olympics were weird, but that's just because it was in Japan and they're doing things a little bit differently. But I think, especially down the SEC, it's football time. We'll be back. Uh, yeah. hey, I mean, you know, I mean, Marshall games last year were somewhat normal-ish. Like, yeah, when I mean, whenever the- every, everything was still locked down, like, granted they had 25% capacity and you had to have X amount of seats between you and the next fan or whatever. But, I mean, yeah, that Marshall-Appy State game last year was like the first real – normal outside around strangers thing that we did and it was awesome football get to the atmosphere feel it see it i mean hey two weeks from now there are games on saturday that week zero nebraska and illinois i mean i know everyone's ready for that one fresno state ucla hey there might be a two-team parlay there you know what i'm ready for is a full Sunday night games. football. Sunday night football. It just hits differently, especially when you do fantasy. You have a guy playing and his big game implications. You're just like, fuck yes. It's exhilarating. You just like Carrie Underwood. Absolutely. <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> That's so true. So true. Yeah, football is about to be back, and we're pumped for it. Guys, appreciate everybody kind of hopping in here and uh, talk a little golf, talk a little football, and uh, 
we'll do it. We'll do it some other time again, fellas. But uh, till then, till then, take it easy. Yep. See you guys.